Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. The mark of spiritual immaturity is meet my needs, while the mark of spiritual maturity is how can I meet your needs. And maybe one of the biggest shifts that we need to have take place in our hearts is that we really want to meet the needs of those who are around us. We really want to to sign up in a ministry that may not necessarily fit our college degree. But man, it's going to meet a need. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In the same way that Jesus' purpose was a life of service, so was our life meant to be characterized by service as well. We are called to place others' needs, interests, and wants ahead of our own, but that can be hard to do. We wonder if our service is making a difference. We wonder if anyone cares that we are serving, and we wonder if we have enough energy to keep serving. Those are just a few of the reasons why serving others can be difficult to do, but God still calls us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. In today's sermon, Pastor Philip is going to encourage us to do just that as we embrace a life of service. Please enjoy the message. Uh, We're going to get going with today's message, and I've got a special robe here that that I am, I'm not going to undress myself, so I'm going to put this on for you. Now, I don't know if you've got a lot of experience staying at nice hotels. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't. But, but the rumor is that, there, that the amenities in these hotels are incredible, and, and the service is amazing, and the food is top-notch, and the mattresses that you get to sleep on are unbelievable. And, and another characteristic of a really, really nice hotel is often a white robe. When you walk into a hotel room and you see a white robe that's been made available to you, there, there are some things that that robe is going, that that robe communicates to you, whether you realize it or not. You know, just, just as an example, if you get hungry in the middle of the night, you don't have to like go, you know, blindly half asleep down into your refrigerator trying to put together some cereal to eat. No, no, you can just call someone and they'll bring you something. And they could bring you something like filet mignon or lobster tail. They'll bring you whatever you want. It's unbelievable. They just bring it to you. And then if you're feeling, I don't know, just a little lazy and you don't want to set your alarm clock, you just, if you're at one of these nice hotels, you could just call somebody else and they'll call you and wake you up. You don't even have to be, you don't even have to set your alarm for that. And then, I mean, it just keeps getting better. You can just let the hot water run in your shower. It never runs out. You just sit in there as long as you want and just let that water cascade upon you. And then guess what? The shampoo. You can just pour as much of it on you as you want and conditioner and soap because there's going to be more of it that replaces what you use because the people there are there to serve you. And then if you want a newspaper that you can actually touch, they'll just bring it to your door and just leave it there whenever you want it. And then it just keeps getting better. If perhaps you're looking at your toenails and they're a little long, you know, you can clip those toenails and, and you don't even have to pick up the nail clippings. Somebody else will just come along and do it for you. Because whenever you've got a robe like this made available to you and you're at that kind of a hotel, they are there to serve you. That in many ways represents the life that many of us in this world are striving for. 
a world in which we are getting served and taken care of and all of our needs are met. But this isn't the life that Jesus called, for, called us to live and to strive for. Uh, uh, the life of wearing a robe is much different than the life that Jesus called all of his followers to live. What, what he called us to live is this, to this. Is even have I, he said this, even I haven't come to be served, but I've come to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. I've come to serve and to give. In other words, he came to turn upside down the standards and the values of this world and to say that his kingdom wouldn't be about being served. His kingdom is about serving others. And when it comes to, I think, a lot of the discomfort, maybe discontentment that some of us experience in life, maybe even a sense in which we haven't accomplished enough, we haven't arrived, that there's another level of greatness still for us to get to, we wouldn't say it like this. I, I know that. I know, I know your heart. I know you wouldn't say it like this, but it, it comes back to this idea. Because greatness in the world, by the world's standards, is fundamentally based upon not how many people you serve, but how many people serve you. And you know you're great. You know you've arrived when there are a lot of people there who are serving you. And Jesus said, that's, you'll never arrive if that's your target for greatness. You'll never get to a place of contentment if that is your focus, if that is your goal. Instead, your goal, my goal, needs to be how many people can we serve? We need to stop trying to pursue a robe-wearing lifestyle. And we got to take, take off the robe, put it down. And as we're going to see in John chapter 13... What Jesus is going to present to us there is one in which he doesn't wear a robe. Instead, he bears a towel. And he says that greatness is going to be found in the example that he sets for all of us. And that's an example to serve others, to place others' needs ahead of your own. And I'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag a little bit on this. Where we are going with this is this is that there are tremendous opportunities to serve people here in this church. And what I want to encourage you to do is to have a mind that is open, a heart that is clear to whatever it is that God might be leading you towards. That may be for you, certainly for me. I have been wearing a robe far too much in my life and I need to take it off and I need to be open to how it is that God is calling me to serve this church better and to serve people in my community better. In other words, God's calling me not to wear a robe, but again, to bear a towel. And that's what we find from Jesus again in John chapter 13. And I'm going to pick up there. And some of the context that we have to understand here is that they're in an upper room. Jesus is within 24 hours of losing his life. And he has one last moment to teach his disciples one last lesson. But this isn't going to be a lesson of words. It is going to be a lesson of an object, of a towel and a basin and water. And he's going to do what none of them were ever 
going to be willing to do. He's going to humble himself in a way that they can't even imagine someone that they are following would do. But that's exactly what he does. And this is where the text picks up. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world. In other words, he knew that the time had come for him to die. And it wasn't going to be a pretty death. It was going to be a death that was creating anxiety in him. And he knew that the time for that had finally come to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. In other words, he was going to see this through all the way. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 1030 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. The evening meal was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas. The devil had already tempted him. Judas took the bait. And now he's going to betray Jesus, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. I mean, as you think about that right there, Jesus has all the power in all of the world, and he's getting ready to do something. And what he's going to do, I've already told you, is he's going to serve them. And this is just an unbelievable, unimaginable proposition, because the creator is stooping down to serve the creation. The one who had everything is going to empty himself to nothing. The one who is the greatest is going to become the least. But it's not even amongst people who deserve it. It's amongst people who are going to hurt him. He's going to wash the feet of a guy who betrayed him, who's going to betray him. He's going to wash the feet of another one who's going to deny him right in his face. He's going to wash the feet of 10 others who abandon him. Because when it comes to bearing a towel, we have to ask, why would Jesus do that? And the reason that Jesus would do that is because towel bearers are willing to serve everyone. Now, I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, for me, it's, I like to help people who help me. I like to help people who help themselves. But it's kind of hard to help someone who, who hurts me. Maybe, maybe you can relate to that. Because how do you serve a husband who has never been thoughtful of your needs one day in his life. That, that's what it means to bear a towel. How, how do you serve a wife who never stops and says, I appreciate everything that you've done for this family? How do you serve a child who never wraps their arms around your neck and says, thank you? How do you serve a coworker who talks behind your back or a neighbor who always, who's always ta- taking and never giving? How do you serve a father who no matter what you do, 
it's not good enough? How do you serve when you feel unappreciated and unnoticed by the people around you? How do you, how do, you do this? Well, it's pretty hard because there is this fleshly side of all of us that doesn't want to do it. But the Apostle Paul says to us, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Because you know what? If you harbor those, those resentful feelings, and you know what? If you, if you try to get even, maybe you do get even. You're, you're still going to heaven. You're still going to be forgiven. There's still grace for you. But the Apostle Paul says, don't indulge the flesh. Don't give in to that level of resentment. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what your relationship is with your, your neighbors. Um, my, mine, mine has always been pretty good. Um, but recently, we, just in the last couple of months, we had a new neighbor come next to us as she moved in. And... Um, and, and so we, we had some initial interactions that were, were pretty positive. And, and, and then I noticed this unusual habit of hers. She, she would always park her car in front of my house. And, and, you know, once or twice, it wasn't a big deal. It was fine. I mean, it didn't make a lot of sense because the front of her house was wide open. Her driveway was open. Her garage was open. But somehow she just kept parking in front of my house. And I thought, well, that's, that's a little odd, that's strange. One day, two days, three days, two weeks go by. She's still parking in front of my house, just parking right there. No reason for her to park because her house was wide open, driveway, front of her house, all of it. She could go anywhere, but she somehow lands right in front of my house. Well, one day I come home and, and, and I want to park in front of my house because I always park in front of my house. We have a narrow, narrow driveway and, and my wife needs room to back out and then my kids like to play in the driveway sometimes or at the very least they're coming out of the garage on their bikes and, and it's a little challenging trying to sort around my car. And At any rate, I always park in front of my house but I haven't been able to because she keeps parking in front of my house. Well, I come home and I'm, and I'm like, all right, this, this is too much. Two weeks, man, this is crazy. I need to do, I'm, we're, we gotta, we gotta, gotta have a conversation. And I, and I know, I know, I know, I know. It's not like an assigned spot. I know it's not my spot. I know there's really not a lot you can do about it, but it's just about being a considerate neighbor. Like, quit parking in front of my house. So I go, I go over to her, and, um, and she just happened to be outside, and she's like, hey, Phil. And I'm like, hey, I need to park in front of my house. Would you please move your car? And, and then she starts, she didn't appreciate that. And I'm thinking, well, I haven't appreciated this car being in front of my house for two weeks. So I need, I need to be able to park in front of my house because I want my kids to be able to play in my driveway, et cetera, et cetera. And then she just keeps kind of chirping at me as she's walking. She's frustrated. She's mad. She's like, I didn't realize we had assigned parking spots in front of our house. I didn't know I couldn't park there. I thought the street was wide open. I'm like, the street is wide open. I just don't want you parking in front of my house. And, and I like, I, uh, so I'm, I'm like, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm frustrated. She's frustrated, but she moves her car. She moves her car. And, and obviously there's some tension as a result of this interaction that we've had. And so, you know, a couple weeks go by. We don't, we aren't talking. Probably won't ever talk again at that point. <laughs> and then I hear that she's like gossiping about me to the neighbors and talk, just saying all sorts of mean things. And and it's all good, it's all good. You're just kind of go, just going with the flow. And then there's this, uh, this day that I'm, I'm out and, um, and I'm trying to spray for the weeds. And we've got rocks that separate our properties. And, and there's these weeds coming up. And they don't really come up, they just go out. 
and they're primarily coming out from her side of the rocks. So I'm spraying, I'm spraying, and, and, there, and I know where our property line is, and um, I don't think she knows, but I know. And, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, man, and it's like just through gritted teeth, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I really don't want to spray over on her side, because that's not my responsibility. But I'm, I'm just kind of spraying and spraying, and there's not a lot of weed killer in the, in the container I have, and I'm spraying on my side, spraying, 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 and I'm just like, like, okay, I'll throw some drops over there. I'll just, I mean, I, I just give in. I'm like, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to help out a little bit. And I'm spraying, and I'm spraying, and I'm spraying. And then all of a sudden, I hear this, thank you, Phil. And I'm kind of looking around, looking around. And then there was my neighbor up in the window. And she said, thank you for, thank you for spraying. Thank you for doing that. And I'm like, oh, Yep, no problem. Easy. It was just, this was I just my heart. Just really wanted to do this for you. <laughs> so I spray and spray, spray up all the, spray up all my weed killer for her. And uh, you, this, the relationship went from being very tense to now that interaction's a distant memory that we initially had. I, I, and she parks. She doesn't bother with parking in front of my house anymore. And and we talk a little bit when we see each other, and there's no more tension. Everything's good. And it wasn't easy. But why is it that way? It was because I was willing to help her, even though I didn't want to. The relationship was restored because I was willing to, through gritted teeth, serve her. And maybe, maybe that's a posture that might help you with some of the tension you're dealing with some people. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Maybe that's a posture that might help you with a spouse or with your children or even with an inconsiderate neighbor for that matter. Maybe that would just help God's kingdom to come more into this world if Christians were willing to put down the robe because it's not all about what people do for us and to pick up the towel and say, how can I serve you? And that's what Jesus does. He looks into this room of people who he knew were going to abandon him, betray him, and deny him. And he gets down on his feet 
And as we're going to see in a moment, and he begins to wash their feet. And understand, there weren't sewer systems. It, they were, their feet were muddy, and they had all kinds of germs on them, and we're worried about COVID. I mean, they had all kinds, they had stuff that would like kill you immediately roaming through their streets. I mean, it was terrible what was going on that would have been on their feet, and Jesus gets on their feet, feet gets, on, gets down and begins to wash their feet. And as our text goes on, it says, so he got up from the meal, because he saw no one else had washed the feet. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So, so again, it, this was a job that was reserved for the lowest of the servants, probably a slave, and the one who is the greatest in the room gets down becomes a towel bearer, and he decides to meet the need that was before him. There was a need that was there. He, wasn't, he, he didn't want to teach him a lesson. He, he wasn't worried about performing a miracle. It was a menial task that anybody could do, but it was a need that needed to be met. And as I've talked with people, and some of you and many others at other churches, what I've found is that there's a tendency of ours to just want to serve where we have experience, to just serve where, to give a little where we've, you know, got a skill set that we maybe developed. For example, a few years ago, I was an associate pastor at a church, and we were a fairly large church, and, and the church was growing significantly, and we were at a point where we really needed to recruit some volunteers, kind of like where we're at right now as, at this church. We needed to get some people in place to support ministries and also to help people get more connected at the church. So we were, having the, we were, we were in a process of a big push to recruit volunteers, and, and it was kind of stressful because I was primarily responsible for it. I'll never forget a conversation I had with the guy, though. I was talking with him, and I was simply just talking with him about being a greeter. That's it. Just open the door, greet people. That's all you got to do. I mean, that's like as basic entry level as it gets when it comes to serving. Very important. Very, very important. Don't want to undermine that. But it's, it was just an entry level service opportunity. And, and he did counseling as a profession. And this is what his response was to me. He said, ah, you know, if I'm opening a door, I don't feel like my skills are being utilized. But if you have anyone on staff who needs counseling, that's how I'd like to serve. I just, I'm like, and I'm thinking, I got to recruit volunteers. I'm going to need counseling if, if, you don't, if I don't get people serving here. And he's worried about counseling the staff, which is significant. It needs to be done, like maybe every few I don't know, years. I need people opening up doors every Sunday and you're worried about counseling? But there's a part of us that just, that's like that. And it starts at a young age. I don't know if you've noticed this. It really does start at a very, very young age for us, like as a baby. And this is totally understandable. Baby, feed me, change me, hold me, meet all my needs. And then we grow up a little bit. Uh, teen, adult children, some of you've got those. Uh, maybe, maybe you are one of those. But we have these same expectations. Pay for my phone, pay, pay for my phone, pay for my car, pay for my college, pay for my wedding, watch my kids. I mean, come on now. I mean, we're all, I know, I know like all of you are very supportive of your, your kids and, and your grandkids, but you know, four date nights in a week is a little much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, 
We got expectations of our spouse. Meet my needs. Take care of me. Make me happy. We got expectations of God. Make me happy. Make me smarter. Make me successful. Give me more money. Got expectations of our church. Feed me. Serve me. Meet my needs. Take care of my kids. Call me. Text me. Notice me. It just goes on and on and on. But the mark of spiritual immaturity is meet my needs while the mark of spiritual maturity is how can I meet your needs? And maybe one of the biggest shifts that we need to have take place in our hearts is that we really want to meet the needs of those who are around us. We really want to to sign up in a ministry that may not necessarily fit our college degree. But man, it's gonna meet a need. And there's gonna be some kids that are blessed by it. And there's gonna be some people that wanna be a part of this community because of what you do. And you're just gonna die to yourself a little bit because that's what gets in the way of our spiritual maturity more often than not. It's not the sermon. Man, it's often ourselves. It's that we're so worried about ourselves and our needs that we aren't willing to help meet the needs of others. The, the Apostle John said this to us. This is how we know what love is. That Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. And we ought to lay our lives down for brothers and sisters. If anyone has material... To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.